Anyway, there's lots to get to. Let's get to it. First, let's start with the Emergency um, Emergency Act and what's going on with the Emergency Act. I, I think this person has a point. Freedom 5 says, this should be obvious, but it appears that it's not. A federal judge looked at all of the information and found that the use of the Emergencies Act was wrong. Uh, ultra vire, right? Violated our basic rights and it shouldn't have happened. It was illegal, right? And all in... in it shouldn't have happened. Uh, it doesn't matter what happens from here on out with appeals. Why? And it says the fact that we are now in the temporary, in, in the territory of Judge 1 says inappropriate and Judge 2 says potentially says appropriate at appeal means that this is not a case of the act being required. The circumstances should be so clear that all judges agree. There should be no gray area. The situation is so dire that the use of the Emergencies Act is absolutely necessary. If some, judge, if some judges agree and some don't, then it's clear it was not required. We are, dealing with a tr we are not dealing with a trivial legal matter here. We are dealing with the government triggering some of the most dangerous legislation it has in its arsenal and using it against people who dis it disagreed with. If that doesn't chill you, read that again. You're next, or your kids, either this government or the next or the one after that, one day you or they will fall afoul of a government that chooses the same way out if this doesn't end soon. That's what I've been saying. And he continues, Justin Trudeau must go. The government must go. They're completely unfit to govern. Share this message. I 100% agree that what the government has done is clear legally that it wasn't necessary. Not even close. It didn't meet the standard. They knew it. They changed the standard so they could shoehorn it in to, to meet the standard, but it didn't actually meet the standard. Um, and because they did that, they are no longer fit to govern. They don't have the trust. They don't have the confidence. The only reason they're still in, in power is because they have a supply and a confidence agreement with the NDP, NDP that's supposed to go until 2025. But his, usually this would be enough to drop a government. And the fact that it isn't, well, on top of all the other scandals, there's something else going on here. You know, like when you see a YouTube video or you're, you're in a mall and the person's chopping everything and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, there's more to this than I'm seeing here. Like I'm getting caught up in, this, in the sale pattern and I'm sure that this, you know, pot's not going to last forever or whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, we are, we are being spun around in a washing machine and unable to get our bearings in order to actually soberly look at what this government has done and that's by design so they can continue doing what they're doing and here is a here is a group of people who are taking on the government um, not necessarily directly for the emergency act she ends the um video here saying we're we're taking the government of canada to court in a class action lawsuit because of the damage they did to our businesses and so on and i've talked before about how it's interesting that the government of canada gives free money to Ukraine, right? No expectation of repayment for Ukraine. But if you're a small Canadian business struggling because the Canadian government shut down your economy on you, uh, pulled the rug out from under your feet and tripled your insurance costs and tripled your running costs because of carbon taxes and the cost of electricity and the cost of gas, et cetera, et cetera, um, you get a loan. And that's wild. That seems predatory to me. So here's just a little bit of this information to, and she talks about history of saying like i came came on here and i shared my story and i found out that other canadian businesses are in the same boat and this is what we're doing about it so if you're interested in finding out more i think that she's got her instagram and uh, a link here the link should be in the description if you're interested in knowing more you can 
You can look this up and check it out if you're interested. Here's just a part of this. Here we go. Launched a new Instagram page called Sovereign Square, which features all the Canadian businesses across Canada. And it's becoming more and more apparent that small business in Canada is crumbling. And everywhere you look in your neighborhood, I'm sure you have seen the doors that have been closed, the paper on the walls, no more business in a once thriving community. I hopped on a call with several business owners yesterday and uh, hearing their stories is heartbreaking and there's thousands of us that are going through this, whether it's debt from the SIBA loan, debt from not being able to operate the way we want to operate and it is becoming unbearable and many, many businesses have already closed or on the verge and are left in thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. People are losing their homes. People are committing suicide. This is not something that we need to play around with. This is absolutely heartbreaking and serious and lives are being destroyed because of this. Last week, I came into contact with a lawyer who has been working with other organizations across Canada in terms of dealing with the unjust and unconscionable mandates that were imposed by our government. And he is taking on our case as small business owners across Canada, we are going to file a class action lawsuit against the government, the federal government of Canada. So there you go. Um, and I mean, fingers crossed. I wish them luck. I hope that they're able to have some impact because it seems like the courts are crooked and it's it has seemed that way for a while. Let's talk about the trans ideology and Brett makes a good point. He says, it's now been over three days since Danielle Smith announced Alberta's common sense approach to transgenderism in school. I'll note again, I don't think giving 15-year-olds cross-sex hormones is common sense. I don't think giving 17-year-olds access to surgery is common sense. And I think that it is just incredible that so many people are celebrating this as a win. But I'll look past that for right now. Has Pierre Polyev says Brett, made any comment yet to support her? Has any CPC member of parliament? The silence is deafening. It's not even a very good bill. Sure, it protects kids under 15, but it throws 15 to 17-year-olds and up to the wolves, right? Target your gender ideology to the 15 to 17-year-olds, preferably the autistic ones, because they'll listen, right? The other ones, well, they're too busy doing other things right now. Trust me, you don't want to go in there, man. Um, so it just seems interesting that nobody is willing. It's it's very not threatening. It really does enshrine what's going on in some kind of quasi law. Like there's now a pathway to the Alberta's trying to recruit doctors. So the fact that the conservatives can't even support this, which still, and I mean, people would celebrate it. They would they would be loving it. It is a bad bill. It is not sensible. It doesn't make any sense, and it's still does a lot to enable these people to spin falsehoods like you can change your gender if we can just cut that thing off right there. <laughs> nope. No, it's not going to happen, man. It's not going to happen. And so further, other provinces are moving to enshrine this kind of stuff. Tim points out Grace Lore, who infamously promoted bringing out the knife against opponents of child transition, has just been named BC's Minister for Child, Children and Families. So 
That's interesting, right? And he says, take that in. She'll decide if parents keep their kids. Help me stop her, says Tim. And uh, Jonathan says, there's definitely a Western Canadian province that's led by a dangerously unhinged political cult, but it's not Alberta. This is, well, this is bigger than the trans cult, I think, is actually bigger than it seems. They didn't just pop out of nowhere. You know what I'm saying? There's motivation. I'm making like the sign of money. There's motivation, money behind this. It's not just like, it didn't pop out of nowhere. Same with Black Lives Matter. Same with the pussy hat thing. All of those things. It didn't pop out of nowhere. They have operatives. They have people willing to signal like this, wearing shirts like this. It says, protect trans kids. And it's got a knife and a rose. So that's, I mean, the imagery there is just very interesting, right? Here's global news. This is how they're reporting what's going on. But first, I think before we see what global news says, um, we have to understand who's out protesting in Calgary right now. So Gil McGowan, um, he, him, these are all union operatives. This is QP. This is union, right? NDP and union. And Gil says, very pleased to stand with activists from United Nurses at at the rally in uh, YEG to oppose Danielle Smith's attack on trans youth. And then, so that was Edmonton, this is Calgary. And uh, what fresh heck is this? As Calgary has hundreds come out too. So there's lots of people out there with rainbow flags and things like that. And Global News is very excited about this. They, so they can, they can basically celebrate that there are protesters against that evil, mean lady, Danielle Smith, who wants to give hormone, cross-sex hormones to 15-year-olds and surgeries to 17-year-olds, right? So. Trans policy protests. Demonstrators fight back against Alberta's attack on gender rights. Alberta's attack on gender rights. Wild, right? Like you are not allowed to step out of line. If you say something, if you say one thing out of line, we will protest you. We will activate our assets like the unions and they will show up with rainbow colors and you will be made to look like a fool on the news. And that's uh, that's the plan. And they were hoping that Danielle Smith feels the heat. And the NDP in Alberta have a lame duck for a leader. So Rachel Notley is on the way out and they're looking for a new NDP leader. And the NDP people who have been in the party for a long time and not the mayor of a major you know, Canadian city, those people want to be the new party leader, but they're going to parachute Nenshi in anyway. <laughs> They're definitely going to parachute Nenshi in anyway. Um, but here's Nenshi. Oh my gosh, he's got something to say. You you must be kidding me. And it's creepy. It's creepy. It's like when Justin Trudeau asked the moms to leave the room because he wanted to talk to the kids and then he got all growly. Weird. It was weird then. This is weird. I don't like it. It seems icky. Uh, Nenshi says, she, I think it's funny too that you know, everybody knows the ubiquitous she, right? Ooh, Danielle Smith is the she here, right? She wants us to depoliticize this, so I'll try. To all kids in Alberta, I know this is scary. (laughs) Please know that there are people in your lives who love and respect you, who want to be the, who want, who want the best for you. We will never, ever stop fighting for you and for your dignity, and we will win. This is a whole part of the inversion, the whole the whole communist inversion, I think, where the state loves you and your parents don't. And the state will take care of you and your parents are, you know, Luddites who are out of touch. They're, they're stuck in their old ways. And uh, us modern people know, you know, um, that government paychecks are thicker than water, baby. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Um, but certainly thicker than blood, right? It's just incredible. So they're they're trying to 
access the kids and make the case that Nenshi really loves you. He really loves you and he cares about you a lot. A lot, kids. We'll fix this, kids. It's crazy. It's absolutely bonkers. Um, here is the Buck UL says, we hear patriots in the U.S. say it's time to drain the swamp. We have to do it in Canada as well. We're being wrongly told that Russia is the enemy. It's not true. This isn't Orwell's 1984. It's 2024. And the WEF is the enemy. And these are the WEF young global leaders in Canada. And it's not just these guys, right? It's Tam, Trudeau, Klaus, Jagmeet, Christia, and Mel Jolie, right? And um, it's not just them. It, it is people like Nenshi as well who are willing to who are willing to propagate this idea, push it forward. And I mean, it's, it's a falsehood, right? Um, here's one more. Um, this is from the U.S., but this kind of stuff is happening in Canadian high schools as well. Josh Alexander is fighting that battle and has been expelled and removed from school and denied education, all sorts of stuff. And he's had lawyers. He's been denied his ability to stand by himself legally to fight this. And, and his parents have suffered consequences for this. So there's all sorts of really concerning stuff happening with this. This is a medium long clip, but it's worth it's worthwhile. It's worthwhile. So we may have to watch all of it. Um, and I'm worried that it's too fast because I listen, I preview all of the clips. It's not. Uh, I preview all the clips before the show just to see which parts are the right parts to show you guys. Um, and sometimes it's the whole video. So this guy is talking about transgenderism um, and how it is being utilized to, to excuse moving dangerous people who are hiding behind a transgender identity to attack women in women's private spaces like bathrooms and 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 that's not not okay and the courts aren't recognizing it the courts aren't looking at it again u.s but it it really maps well to canada here's here's this interaction here we go several weeks ago in a vote to allow trans students to use whatever bathroom they wish you assured us that these policies were perfectly safe as neither yourself nor law enforcement could provide a single example of any trans student assaulting any girl in any bathroom, in any school, in any state, anywhere in all, in fact. But not to worry, since you could locate them, I took the trouble to. See, Loudoun County, Virginia, where last year, under district policy, a trans student was allowed into the woman's bathroom where he assaulted a girl. To cover it up, they moved him to another school where he did it again. See Irvine, California last month, where a trans student entered the women's locker room and flashed the girls there. When they confronted him, he mercilessly beat them. This happened again in Gwinnett County, Georgia. This happened again in Oklahoma City. This happened again in Ohio, where a trans man was allowed to use the locker room where he was arrested for flashing little girls. The judge dropped the charges after he ruled that this man was too fat for them to see anything. Last month, in this city, a man using they, them pronouns in a scene straight out of Silence of the Lambs hunted down and killed a female jogger because he, quote, wanted to look just like her. And before you say that these are anecdotal evidence, just note that in a survey of trans inmates in federal prisons, half were convicted of sexual assault, and 90% were convicted of violent crimes, well above the general prison population. Now, it should also be noted that in each of these cases, each of these perpetrators had either changed their pronouns, had undergone transition, or had received gender-affirming therapy and accommodations thereof. Why is this important to note? 
Probably for the same reason, we recognize as a society that you do not affirm that people with anorexia can be healthy in any way. You do not affirm that somebody with schizophrenia is hearing voices. And you do not affirm that somebody in a manic episode is having great ideas. Because when you leave somebody to languish in their false mental state, i.e. men who think they are women, they will inevitably lash out and harm themselves and those around them, hurt People hurt other people, but I don't want to pretend and have the hubris to think that I'm going to be the one to change your mind. I'm happy to share any and all of these examples with you, but you will most likely leave here tonight believing that men can become women, affirming care works, and that you made the right vote. But you will no longer be able to look into the eyes of your constituents and honestly say that you are unaware of the assaults that inevitably take place when we declare to women, you have no right to privacy. Thank you very much. So, right? A little bit long, but I think worth it. He goes after them, makes a clear argument and says, you can't claim to not know. You know, I told you. And we have witnesses and it's on video. <laughs> so... Don't pretend. And yeah, they're, they're just pretending like, well, you know, any, any negative, anything that's bad that happens is just worth it because the transitions are difficult. You know, these, these things are, uh, got to break an egg to make an omelet and all that, right? It's false. It is to make you shut up. It's like saying that's quite Islamophobic. Um, CBC Watcher, let's move on to a grab bag of governance. New York Post is reporting Canada halts controversial assisted suicide program for mentally ill due to lack of doctors willing to participate. So, I mean, that's good news, but I, I'm, I'm skeptical that that's it. I would believe, I mean, I would believe that the doctors maybe put up a stink, but they purged the doctor's ability to do that in COVID. So the money doctors willing to inject, I, I don't see the doctors not being not being willing to participate. I'm sure they don't need that many, right? And so it seems like the public backlash has an impact, but who knows? Maybe I'm wrong and maybe the doctors all grew a spine and the CPSO and all of the regulatory bodies across Canada said, okay, and it's not the public pressure at all, right? The doctors did this, not the, not the Canadian public saying this is an insane idea because what they want to do is kill people. The government has a monopoly on violence. You can't go into a contract with somebody else to sell your organs, I don't think. You can't go into a contract, I don't think. Can you? Um, and you can't go into a contract with somebody else that's not the government to kill you, right? You, I, couldn't, I couldn't put up a sign, murder for hire. Don't worry, just the maid kind. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, hope to get clients without the government saying you can't, you can't do that. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure I just sell a product just like anybody else. Like this is legal now, right? So the government can do this. Nobody else can do this. And there's another point I was making. Hold on, I have to think about it. The mental health part, yeah. Um, so if the government declares you mentally ill and um, then how can you enter a contract for them to kill you, <laughs> right? The, this one's mentally ill and see this law here, it says we can kill mentally ill people. So that's the part of the contract that says this mentally ill person can enter into the contract to kill um, him with the government here. Hi, murder for hire sign. Don't worry, just the maid kind. But it's only the government can put that up, right? And so only the government can enter into a contract with a mentally ill person to kill them. That seems like it shouldn't happen. 
<laughs> that seems like it should be wrong. That seems like a bridge too far, right? Right? <laughs> I, I made this agreement for this cell phone, but I, I'm mentally ill and I don't want the cell phone agreement anymore. <laughs> All right, done. Well, what happens when it's death, right? You can't unring that bell. The cell phone, sure, right? You were in a manic state and you got seven cell phones or you were in a manic state and you cleaned out your bank accounts thinking that you were going to win it big in Vegas. I don't think they give you your money back for that. Although stranger things have happened. They may have gone to the casino and said, can you just undo all those bets? No. (laughs) You understand what a casino does, right? So sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes like you make a decision like entering into an agreement with the government about killing you and you can't undo that and it seems like entering into an agreement with somebody who is deemed mentally ill and that's the reason for the agreement there is a a a chink in that armor right there is a problem with the reasoning there and i think it's obvious but i'll leave it to you wall street silver says what's going on up in canada canada delayed the program until 2027 so they have more time to recruit doctors who are willing to terminate the mentally ill See, see this mentally ill person here? Uh-huh, kill them. Uh, that's not why I became a doctor. Maybe it is the doctors, right? Maybe it is the doctors. Jordan, Jordan Peterson says, here's a plan to steal all the money. We're not talking about doctors anymore, despite Jordan Peterson being a doctor. This was under the, the war heading, but I think that this, I, I wanted to mention it earlier in the show today because I think that it's separate from war or... It's not a kinetic war. It's not like what's happening in uh, Ukraine. It's not like what's happening in Palestine, Israel, uh, Yemen, Houthis, nothing like that, right? That's, it's, not, it's not that kind of war, but it is a war on Canadians. Like, here you go, Ukraine. We'll, we'll send you a whole bunch of um, supplies, equipment for war that we, that we don't provide our own troops and military. We'll send that to you for free with no expectation of repayment. We have to win this war. But in Canada... Um, we created a situation where people were losing jobs because of the vaccine status. People couldn't go out to eat because of you know fear and so on and so forth. And people are handing out monetary incentives to keep businesses closed because you get a loan if you keep your business closed, but if you open it up, you get horses and you know the Adam Skelly treatment. So th- this is important. And, and Peterson says this is a plan to steal all the money, lower interest rates entice millions to buy overpriced houses at rock bottom rates, 0%. Print a whole bunch of money, vacuum most of it up, use the inflation resulting from the distribution of what you didn't steal to justify ratcheting up interest rates way beyond the so-called new normal. Drive every young homeowner into permanent debt slavery, reap the benefits or the whirlwind, a conspiracy or just what happened. So the whirlwind is people being upset, like civil unrest, right? And the benefits... Well, far, far away the civil unrest because the civil unrest is a slow is a slow burn, right? Like every year, not all of the interest rates um, or mortgages come to renewal. So not everybody's going from zero to 5% at all the same time. If that were happening, people would be very angry. But now it just looks like you were irresponsible or something like that. But when, in reality, this is what the government did. The government set you up to knock you down, right? And it's crazy. Like people who bought their houses before all of this madness were kind of insulated because there were stress tests to make sure that you could afford your house at the mortgage that you had at the time at 5% anyway, right? Before everything went crazy. But then everything stayed low for an extended period of time. I think it's 2008, right? Um, for for a really long time. But people were up in 5%, 4.5%, 5% mortgages anyway. And then COVID happened and they dropped all the interest rates back down to zero. 
and then the predatory lending. And people got over leveraged because interest rates have been very low for a long, long time. And all that money printing screwed people. And it doesn't seem like it's an accident. And that's the point. It seems like it's on purpose. Andy Lee's talking about, man, plausible, very plausible. Let's talk about carbon taxes, as I was talking about carbon taxes. Tony Heller, and, I, and Tony does a good job breaking down the climate hoax. Because yes, I do believe it's a hoax. There is absolutely, the, the model that they're using to prove this is faulty. It is full of imagined data, made up data, whatever you want to call it, but it is not honest or truthful. And Tony Heller, Tony Heller says, uh, with no data for the vast majority of the earth during, the 18, during 1890, NASA claims to know the average global temperature within a few hundredths of a degree. The climate scam is based on some of the worst junk science ever done. The average global temperature is... It doesn't exist, right? Somebody, he's responding to John. John says, if the historic temperature were falsified, then when you look up the historic data at Berkeley Earth, you wouldn't find, or you'd find changed data, but the old data is still available. There's nothing like Orwellian memory hole that you want to evoke. So he's saying that Tony Heller's, Heller's lying. And Heller's saying that the, the lie is deeper than the old data. The old data has been falsified. Nobody has data from the 1890s and earlier. And what's the average global temperature? Average global temperature at 9 a.m., right? At what location? 9 a.m. where, right? Because 9 a.m. in Guelph can sometimes be a different temperature than 9 a.m. in Toronto. And if you're in a park in Guelph, that might be different temperature than um, the tarmac at Pearson International Airport, right? Or like downtown on, in a parking lot, downtown Toronto. So like when you say the average global temperature, what the hell are you talking about? What day of the year? is the average global temperature taken? Is it January 1st or is it June 1st, right? Jan or, or August 1st, why? What's that, why that date? At what time of day? Midnight's probably a lot cooler than noon, right? So what? <laughs> the whole thing doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. Average global temperature, bullshit. <laughs> Mark Gerritsen is responding to Elon Musk and Elon Musk says, you know, the easy answer, the solution to climate change which is bunk, is a carbon tax, says Elon Musk. For real, seriously. Um, Elon Musk's unbelievably simple killer breakdown on climate change. Thank you, David Kubert and team for producing the video. Uh, and here's the tweet. The only action needed to solve climate change is a carbon tax. No. Wall Street Silver says a carbon tax won't achieve anything because China won't participate. So all a carbon tax does is make the USA and European countries uncompetitive economically. Yes. And Rogers says, here's what Canada is dealing with coming to your country soon. So the carbon tax is more than the, than the actual um, gas used. So that's incredible. And people think that this is a good thing, right? It's incredible. Here's Mark Gerritsen using Elon Musk's tweet to say, hey, Pierre Polyev, your boy is talking to you. So Elon Musk saying the only action needed for, to solve climate change is a carbon tax. Nope. Seamus O'Regan's getting in on this too. Neither a left or a right issue. Elon Musk says putting a price on pollution, one that puts money pack, back in people's pockets, is the best way to fight climate change. CO2 is not pollution. CO2 is plant food. And pricing CO2 makes everything more expensive and is inflationary and is causing inflation in Canada to a degree that is intolerable. It's not a good thing. It's a bad thing. Very, very bad. 
Dr. Simon Goddick is responding to Elon Musk saying, hey, Elon, I can't believe people consider you the smartest person on earth. You praise the harmful mRNA gene therapies. You consider CO2 bad for life and support taxation on it. You submitted to the Zionists immediately after the slightest criticism. It's possible only a matter, it's possibly only a matter of time until you also claim that men can become pregnant and that we should all eat the bugs. Why, what are they blackmailing you with? And Elon Musk is saying, we should not, for example, impose a draconian laws on farmers or make citizens uncomfortable by limiting air conditioning usage. Keep tax revenue constant, but shift it to tax what is probably bad, CO2, just like alcohol and cigarettes are taxed more than fruits and vegetables. This is not correct logic. CO2 is not a pollutant and is not driving this. And it's concerning that Elon Musk is still playing into the hoax. He must know. He must know. Like, I'm just some guy in my garage. And I believed in climate change. I really believed. I thought 2015, the Paris deal, I thought that that was a real thing. Like, I thought that they were not messing around. And like, I grew up in the era of Kyoto and all of the rest of it. And I worked in schools until 2012, 13, 14. So like, believing in climate change was something that something that was assumed, right? Like the, the staff in the schools, it was, it was like, oh, well, it must be, blah, blah, blah. it was conversation, right? Like, and people, people thought that. And it was not until I realized that they're lying about everything, right? The awakening is swift sometimes, but it is very interesting that the information is there if you want to look at it. But I mean, realistically, Elon Musk is sending rockets to space too, right? So Truth Media says, so many people no longer feel represented by or even remotely approve of what their governments are doing with the taxes they forcibly extract already. Yeah, like sending Canadian tax dollars to Ukraine is not something I want to get into, but we do it anyway because that's what's happening. The tax dollars go to Ukraine. So why would we want to pay more taxes to entities that do things like that with our tax dollars? is the point. Truth Media continues, why would anyone anywhere, and especially after the last three years, trust any of these governments of all, with all things, with, of all things, a carbon tax? Nope. Right? Public trust in government, all-time low. <laughs> yeah. I think that maps well in Canada too, honestly. Um, Anne says, breaking news, Canadians are now paying more in carbon tax than the actual cost of gas. How will Justin Trudeau explain this to my constituents? And she is a member of parliament for King Vaughan. And so shadow minister for seniors. Justin Trudeau says carbon taxes are working despite all the evidence. Says um, climate change causes druds. So here we go. What is making farmers vulnerable across this country? Do you know what it is, Mr. Speaker? It's climate change. It's the fact that a change in climate causes druds, droughts, floods, and fires, uh, which druds, droughts, floods, and fires... And then they start doubling up on druds and makes them say it a bunch. So they're trying to convince people using fear and the data doesn't back up their nonsense. And also all of the fires from 23, all arson, all of it arson. I don't think it was all any wildfire. I think it was all arson. Here's the Toronto Sun. And just to really underline it, the carbon tax is not being measured for effectiveness. We don't know what we're buying with it. Uh, we don't know how effective it is. Trudeau, do, Trudeau government doesn't know how much its carbon tax reduces emissions, reports the Toronto Sun. How can Canadians possibly know if they're getting a good value for money if they're spending on the carbon tax? Given that Prime Minister Trudeau's carbon tax is costing the average Canadian household hundreds of dollars annually when factoring in its negative impact on the economy, how much is it 
lowering Canada's greenhouse gas emissions. None. In response to an order paper question by the Conservative MP Dan Mazur last week, hat tip to Spencer Fernando for reporting on it, Environment Minister Galbeau said, the government does not measure the annual amount of emissions that are directly reduced by federal carbon pricing, retroactively attributing specific... Now, like, the government does not measure the annual amount of emissions that are directly reduced by the federal carbon pricing. I don't know why they wouldn't do that. Because as it's happening, you would say, I expect this initiative to take out one megaton or 10 megatons or 100 megatons, 50 megatons, right? Maybe you do it in tens until you get to hundreds. You would have an expectation. And then we believe this intervention worked for these reasons and took out this amount of whatever. This is what the rationale is to give you some idea of the effectiveness of this expensive policy. Now they go on to create kind of a straw man I think this is the government creating this straw man. And they say this, retroactively attributing specific greenhouse gas reductions to a specific action such as carbon pricing, a discrete regulation or specific initiative is difficult given the multiple interacting factors that influence emissions, including carbon pricing, tax incentives, funding programs, investor preferences, and consumer demand. The National Inventory Report, which reports annually on historic greenhouse gas emissions, does not include this information. So... The retroactively thing, sure, you can't go back to 1985 and say like in 1985, if we had had a carbon tax, then this many, this many pounds of CO2 would have been pulled out and blah, 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 blah. You can't do that retroactively, but you should be doing it as you do it. If you started in 2015 or 17 or whenever you started, you should have, you should have reports about what you did, what the expected outcome was, how much it, it actually pulled out, what was measured. And if you can't measure it, what? Why not? Like can't measure it. what are we paying for right like are you kidding <laughs> where are these measurements because they should be there so it's kind of a straw man like sure you can't retroactively go back and do this but you should have that information now but you should how many years have you been doing this back to this given that how can canadians possibly know if they're getting good value for money they're spending the carbon tax on um, Mazur posted on X that Trudeau's radical environment minister admits the government does not measure how many emissions are reduced by their co- by the costly carbon tax. Why? Because the carbon tax is not an environment plan; it's a tax plan. So yeah, I yep, we're being we're being taken for a ride by these people. They're not they're not here to help us. They're here to take money from us and pretend that they're using it for us, but really they buy cottages on like on. Uh, Hello everyone, thanks very much for watching. This is just a short version of a longer show. If you'd like to get the whole show, you can go over to canadapoly.com and sign up for a subscription. Just look in the drop down tab for shop and donate and look for subscriptions and you'll get immediate access to the full show. Love to see you. Thanks for watching everybody. Have a wonderful, wonderful.